Well, okay. Um, thanks for, first of all, huge thank you. I can't, uh, I'm so grateful and appreciative that you agreed to come on, Brad. Um, my podcast is called Doc's Den. A little, a little background okay. from it is when the kids were younger, they used to all come over to my house and my son's foot, football players and buddies used to come over. They call me Doc, right? So, so they, they'd walk in okay. and they'd be like, hey, Doc, hey, Doc, hey, so blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I went out to all the kids uh, over the holiday. I said, I'm starting this podcast. I need a name. Somebody who gives me a name, I'll give you a hundred bucks. So everybody's like, one kid's yeah. like, it's got to be called Doc's Den. And I'm like, you just hit the nail on the head. Perfect. So, all right. so that's how we got our name and, uh, it's, it's been, it's okay. been, it's been doing good. So, um, Brad, I wanted, I was hoping you and I could just chat about a few things. You and I grew up sort of in the same era. Um, I graduated high school 89. I think you were 88 or 87. Yeah, I graduated okay. 87. So you, you obviously probably been playing football since, you could put cleats on or run around barefoot in the backyard with football. Tell me a little bit about how your youth was growing up, playing football, being exposed to the sport. Yeah, my, my, I grew up in Black Mountain, North Carolina. And my mom was a, a PE teacher and also became assistant principal. My dad ran summer camps, uh, boys and girls camps, uh, canoeing, canoeing. Uh, Soccer, basketball, you name the sport, lakes, it was yeah. all there. So I grew up in camps. I always grew up playing with somebody and usually somebody bigger than me as far as sure. the camps go. And I played football, baseball, basketball, yep. um, starting in, I don't know, whenever I could put yep. a jersey on, yep. you know. And then um, loved all three sports. Uh, basketball was my favorite sport. Uh, football, I started out at right tackle and couldn't block anybody. And then I was, um, they moved me to running back and that wasn't yeah. very good. And then eventually they moved me to quarterback. So, but I grew up playing all three sports and then stopped baseball about 12 years old. And most kids yeah. do at yeah. that, about that age. And then, uh, but, but it became down between basketball and football. Um, loved it. My dad coached me all my, um, all my basketball teams and had great support from my family. So when you were about what junior or senior in high school, when did it start to sort of evolve where, man, I might have to make a decision between football and hoops. Like if I want to play D1 and because yeah. you today, right. you, don't, you just don't see a D1 football player, let alone a quarterback say, Hey coach, I'm going to go play hoops right. for the team as well. Right. The school I was at, it was a basketball school. Had a great high school basketball coach named Bill Burroughs. The coach before him was a guy named Roy Williams, who ended up coaching at Kansas. At he was North a Carolina. high school coach for you? The guy, uh, he was in oh. front of me. And so he didn't coach me, but he came to a lot of our games and he coached. He came to see us play all okay. the time. And But our school is a basketball school. And the guy that I grew up watching was about four years in front of me was a guy named Brad oh. Doherty. Legend, so legend. And all our, you, yeah, imagine Dean Smith and Lefty Frizzell and Bobby Crimmins and uh, John Thompson coming to watch high school practice yeah. at your high school. Yeah. You know, so, but I was a kid that loved, loved, loved basketball. And I was a kid that could throw a football, but I didn't love football. And, but I knew, I, everyone told me that, you know, listen, Brad, you're probably going to stop growing at six, yeah. five. And, you're probably not going to be jumping out of the gym and guarding these next guys. And you probably have 
more pro potential or, or more success in college as a six foot five quarterback than six foot five shooting guard. And um, so I, it was a tough decision for me to make uh, what sport I was going to play. And uh, I was going to wait till my spring of my senior year. And that was before the internet and right. social media. And you didn't know who, who were on the rosters and those things. And my dream was to play for a guy named Bobby Crimmins at Georgia oh, yeah, Tech. Yeah. And so my, my official visits were going to be North Carolina, Georgia Tech, Florida State, and Alabama. And so on my visit to Georgia Tech, I had a really good relationship with Bobby Crimmins. He said, Brad, I'm bringing a guy named Dennis Scott. Oh. You know, only play five guys, um, and you'll probably sit behind right. him. And Dennis Scott changed my life, and he doesn't yeah. even know me. Yeah. <laughs> but that kind of helped encourage me. And Bobby Crimmins was real with me. He's like, Brad, you can come here, but what do you have most potential yeah. in? And so I said, football. And so I chose to go to Florida State um, at that point. And, um, and I knew I just had to grow into learning. I didn't know a three-step or five-step drop. I didn't understand coverages. I just knew I could pick up a ball and throw. Right. And the selling point at that time to me was a guy named Vinny Testaverde, who was at the University of Miami, who won a Heisman, which very similar size. And that was going to be the prototypical NFL legend, quarterback. Another legend. Um, and, and coach was coach Bowden, like very open to the idea of you playing basketball when you came and committed. He was, and we had that conversation, but my freshman year, I was being redshirted. So I wasn't really playing, uh, doing anything in football practice. It was kind of just standing yeah, there, you know, yeah. running scout team, right, maybe a little right. bit. And he, um, so I went out and played, I started uh, about 13 games. My freshman year, we made the NCAAs yeah. tournament. And so what happened to me is I ended up missing – at that time we had 20 practices in spring football, and I missed 10 of those. Wow. And then the very next year, uh, I had to go longer into the football season until the bowl practice was over. And then I got late into basketball season. And so I was late into that. Then I also missed 10 more practices in that spring because we went to the NCAA tournament right. again. And so then at that point, Coach Bowden said, Brad, you can do whatever you want to do, but you're competing against guys in basketball and football – and what do you want to do? And I say, Coach Bowden, I'm here to – I came here to yeah. play quarterback. And so that's when I made my decision to do it. Uh, but Coach Bowden, you got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, he let a lot of guys play both sports, Deion Sanders, right. Charlie Ward, um, whoever they were. That was the greatness of Florida State, letting guys You know, that, that's a great uh, segue because one point I wanted to ask you, was Dion there when you were there? He was. He was, <laughs> he was elite. He was elite now. He was – he was not a trash talker yeah. in practice. He was a okay. hard worker. Um, he was a shut down corner. If you could, you could make a complete hitch or curl on him, but you would never really get him deep. Um, you, you knew his greatness yeah. there. Uh, he invented the prime time then. That's when the gold chains yeah. came out. On game days, he'd have a limousine at the uh, apartments, get ready, you ride about 500 yards to the front of the stadium. You know what I mean? But all the respect in the world That's for awesome. Dion. Um, Shut down corner, best, best, probably best defensive player. I've ever played I, against. I will say this uh, Dion's greatness and entertainment value for where we are in the world today with social media and the kids and how they communicate with high schoolers and TikTok. And I mean, right. you couldn't ask for a guy to be in a better spot for that school right now. It just seems like a perfect mesh. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, he he was social media back then before we had right, social media, yeah. and he he created the he created. He said, "Listen, 
in the draft, they don't draft defensive backs in the top five picks, top 10 picks. Yeah. They don't do it. And so he, cre- he created this other person prime yeah. time. Yeah. And he could uh-huh. back it up. He talked the noise and he backed it up. He didn't talk in practice. He worked. He, he talked in front of the cameras, those kind of things. But he did it in the NFL for a long, long time. Won, uh, I think he won two Super Bowls with San Fran and uh, yep. Dallas yep. Cowboys. Played in the played in Major League Baseball, I think, I think nine years, I think. I mean, so you think of Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders. I mean, they he did it. So all the respect. But now social media, that's what he's doing as a head coach in mm-hmm. college. And he's, you know, he's still he hasn't lost uh prime time. You know, <laughs> 35 years. I, I grew up a Giants fan in the Bay Area, right? And they played at Candlestick right. Park, was just a basically a shit box. And it, it was windy right. and cold and I was out there one night and we were down low because no one was there and you could sneak down and Dion let off for the Reds and he had a single. I'm telling you within five, within five pitches, he was at third base and there was no outs. And, and it was just like, didn't he just get on base and now he's on third. And and you could just tell, I mean, this guy's special, but he's beyond, he's just an extra athlete having them in the dugout with speed and wheels and arm and i mean so many so many tools yeah. right um yeah. he was a guy that no, uh, you go, go ahead you go yeah he, he was a guy honestly he didn't get many attempts in college or even mm-hmm. the pros and a lot of times he would let his defender get by him so he could just you know attempt, let the, let the you know tempt the quarterback to throw his right. way and he could he could have had makeup speed to do those kind of things. And I remember he was going he uh, he played baseball, you know, at the Florida State. And then I remember at a track meet, uh, he was supposed to run at five fifteen, the four by one hundred is him, uh, Sammy Smith, Dexter Carter, and a guy named Victor uh, Arthur okay. Blake. And uh, as a, they're supposed to run at five fifteen, yeah. at about four fifty four fifty five, he was in our parking lot at Burt Reynolds at the dorm we stayed at. <laughs> He was in a bathrobe, had a big cell phone. This is yeah. before it's time before yeah. I had cell phones. And, and I said, man, I thought I was going to be late and get yeah. to the track. And I said, I said, I said, Prime, you better get down there, man. He said, he said, Brad, he said, you never seen a cheetah stretch before it runs. <laughs> so, uh, and the cheetah got down there and they won the four by 100. It's incredible. And that's, that's the athlete. Oh, he was God, that's awesome. That is just a great story. Oh, yeah. And we could we could talk for 30 minutes on that. But I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about your NFL career. So from what I I, I mean, I remember you were obviously with the, the Bucks, but you also I know you were in right. Minnesota and Dallas. Did I cover all of them? Did, did I right. miss one? I was in Washington Red for two Kids, years. That's right. Yeah. OK. Washington. OK. Right. Uh, right. Tell me about playing in Dallas. What was that like? What what were your. When you left Dallas, did you have a good experience there? Yeah. You know, when I went to Dallas, I was at the end okay. of my career. Um, I was 39, 40 years old. I was backing up yeah. Tony Romo. Uh, the first year there, we were 13-3, had a chance to win the Super Bowl. We had the number one right, number one uh, seed and got upset by the Giants, who actually won the Super Bowl. The second year, I ended up playing uh, two games, I think, two or two and a yeah. half maybe. But I was, I was pretty much done at that point. But I tell you what, I really enjoyed the players we had. I enjoyed playing for Wade Phillips. I thought he was a great head coach. And Jason Garrett was a coordinator. Right. And yep. Made lifelong friends with Romo and Jason Witten and stuff. But as far as playing, I didn't get to – I wasn't playing that much. But uh, yeah, I actually loved my yeah. time there. 
uh, playing for the Cowboys. Tony's got such a nat- natural nick for um, uh, natural talent just coming out uh, on, on camera with uh, Jim Nance. It's, uh, I mean, he, he's he so – he not only does he already know what's going to be called, but he, he knows what's going to happen with the, the guys running routes or what the DB is going to do and what he's not going to do to make it successful. And everyone's like, right. is this guy like a magician or a, mad, a genie or, you know, he's, he just connects yeah. with everyone so well. He does. I, I really enjoyed being yeah. with Tony. I, I tell you, I, our, our quarterback meeting rooms were awesome. It was uh, basically it was Jason yeah. Garrett. Uh, myself, Wade Wilson was the QB coach, Tony, and another guy named Rich Bartell, quarterback. We had some great just – I mean, talking about high school problems. Yeah, yeah. Senior our, – our years in high school playing basketball and football games, just telling stories yeah. with each other. We spent half our time just telling stories, and then they got the details of football. But Tony was – he was the best playmaker I would ever play with, just a pure playmaker. He had kind of like eyes in the really? back of his head, uh, made plays – He's an elite player, and obviously he didn't win a Super Bowl, which would have taken him yeah. to another level. But he was he was great in the he was great in the QB meeting rooms. He's great in the locker room. Great on on, on you know playing on playing yeah. on game days. So uh, I really enjoy being with the yeah. smart guy, very intuitive, and uh, great with people and great in conversations. You guys keep stories. in touch today? Uh, not a whole lot. No, uh, I, I did talk to him last year for just um, something came up. We talked about something briefly and. And then Jason Witten, oh, the same yeah, yeah. thing. Uh, we kind of see each other. We, we see each other at the beach usually Very once nice. a year. Very nice. And you're you're down in Georgia, right? Yeah, I'm in Athens, Georgia. Beautiful. Um, so, and then obviously, how we can't not talk about the Super Bowl in San Diego against the Raiders. That was phenomenal. Um, I, I mean, I got I personally, personally, what I saw in that game, just from what I can remember, it's kind of like you remember where you are when that game was played. And it looked right. like you guys just came out and stomped them in the ground from the beginning. I wouldn't have stomped them in the ground, but you guys just had control of the game. Would you Would you kind of yeah. look at it that way? Yeah, we, we were a team that were three and one every right. four games. So we ended the season 12 yeah. and four. Uh, they were a team that won their first four games Lost uh, what they do there. They won. They won their first four, then lost like a bunch, and then they got hot at the end of the season too to make the playoffs. So, but I felt like we got hot in the playoffs. We beat um, yeah. San Fran, and then we beat. Um, yeah, I got, you got you. me there. We beat San Fran, and then we beat Philadelphia up in the vet, and then we beat. Uh, and then we were hot coming to Oakland. The, the first quarter was kind of a sluggish quarter in the Super Bowl. And I think it was like three to nothing our way. And then all of a sudden, the second quarter, we got hot, ended up going um, 20 to three at halftime. They came out in the second half and ended up being up 34 3. And then they made a run at us in the fourth quarter, actually. Oh, Gannon, and they kind of got right. a little nerve wracking for a minute. Yeah. Yep. But then, yeah, Rich, yeah, Rich Gannon, he was the MVP of the, of the yep. league that year and phenomenal player. They've had, they've had some players going to make Hall of Fame. Wasn't too. the MVP a defensive player of that game? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, our MVP was uh, that game was Dexter Jackson. That's right. Safety, uh, number 30, 34, I believe he was. And I had two mm-hmm. interceptions. And we could have had, honestly, we could have had 10 different players that could have been yeah. MVP. That was just a lot of guys played great, but Dexter, he earned it. And, and uh, so he was the That's MVP. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, all right. Let's segue into a little bit about 
some little something we like to brag about you and I, but let's keep it mild, our kids. <laughs> and so, so I right, have a right. division one football player, son, you're, you have two or one, one now and one to be, I guess. And so, and so, right, right. um, I've never seen anything like it in the recruiting process. It's crazy. Um, isn't it just amazing how recruiting has changed from when you were going through it? And I, I, I played division one golf in college. And so when I went through it is I had to reach out to the coach and get him to notice me. And then we had a great, great dialogue, but now with social media and everything, these kids are just getting popped up as, as soon as they're in eighth grade and they make some miraculous catch or jump or run a four five forty. Um, there's just so many different angles for them to get looked at. Um, how, how was your experience with the boys going through recruiting? Yeah, it was, it was interesting. During our time, we had no social media. We did not know anybody on the yeah. rosters. Um, I don't think we went to any summer camps. Yeah. Um, you did your own high school camp and that was mm -hmm. about it. I mean, um, you just did your work at your high school gym and now, um, social media is huge. I mean, every, every time you make a catch or touchdown or whatever, you're putting on some huddle highlight and it's being shipped out all over the world yeah. on Twitter and Instagram and all the above. And you, and you are making connections earlier and, you, you make a lot more yeah. trips and it's just, it's, right. it's crazy. And then there's all these, seven. um, these two, four, seven and rivals and four star, five star ratings. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's a money right. racket. It's how how money about racket. seven on seven? And so too. I think, yeah, we, we stayed away from did that, you? to be honest with you. We didn't, I said, you know what? We're, I said, we're just okay. going to train. Okay. I said, Let's just train. Let's just train. And, and, and because I, I thought actually in the seven on seven things, I thought as yeah. a quarterback, you could get lazy because you just take the ball and stand yeah. there and throw it. It was great for competition, but I, I thought it was bad yeah. for technique. I get, and uh, so I said, let's just take the time to throw and get better good and point. work. And um, but it, it's it, it's different now. You're going around to all the college camps, and they're making visits to you, and and uh, you know it, it's it's completely changed. So good luck to all those parents out yeah. there trying to make right. those decisions for the kids. But but I would tell you at the end of the day, regardless yeah. of all that, be great at your craft, just work. And coaches, they will find you at the end of the day. Yeah. If you're good and you're, you know, you get that, they will find you, even as frustrating as it can be. Agreed. Become. Agreed with that. Um, and speaking of explosion, let's talk about TikTok, my friend. Your video, your right. videos have exploded. And um, I, right. I, when I was first exposed to Brad and saw his videos, I'm like, okay, who is this guy making 100 yard basketball, football right. shots? golf shots in the gym, out of the gym, at the beach. Yeah. And I, I'm like, Brad Johnson. I go, I mean, I, I, I'm familiar with who Brad Johnson. I'm like, that's not Brad Johnson. He wouldn't be shooting hoops. And, and yeah. then I'm like, wait, yeah. that's Super Bowl champion Brad Johnson. I mean, how, how did you get into Brad. all the trick shots and all that? That's phenomenal. Yeah. When, when the yeah. pandemic hit our family, we were, we were just kind of hanging out, working out fooling around our kids kind of on TikTok and they started doing dance videos and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, they would never let me be a part of it because I had no rhythm. So I was the cameraman. And then I kind of played with it and I started putting a lot of my highlights on there from my yeah. playing days or workout videos and just kind of fooling around with it. And then I said, you know, I saw a lot of people out there doing trick uh -huh. shots 
And so you, you'd be a guy with a baseball bat and hitting a basketball and knocking it to the goal. I said, you know what? I'm going to try something a little bit different. And so my, my videos, I try to do everything in sequence. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to make three, four, maybe five shots yeah. in a row that are kind of difficult. Um, it may be a spin off my finger. It may be over the backboard. It may be bouncing between my legs. It may be a hook shot. But there's going to be four or five of these got to be done in a row and then usually end up with a long football throw or something uh, trying to make it into the basket. Now, if, those, if they don't all go in, yeah. it doesn't happen. So I could could it happen in the first take? Yeah. It can. But is, does it happen in two or three days? Sometimes yeah. it's that too. So I always tell people the juice is worth uh-huh. the squeeze and and it's it's a lifetime of practice, some of these videos, but it's it would it's almost like my therapy, to be honest with you, because I'm gonna be out there and it's, I'm gonna get creative with it and I'm not gonna quit until I until right. I get it done. And uh, it's hard and it and then it takes a little bit of luck sure. involved too. And, and so that's kind of where I've well, been. That, that's great. And I, I mean, hats off to you because it's just such a creative way to connect with people and put a smile on their face. Right. A little, a little escape right. from life itself. Um, you know, a, a right. little, um, you know, make someone feel good for a short amount of time and then, um, you know, hopefully connect with them. It, I, I, I'm grateful that we were able to connect here. Um, Brad, talk to me a little bit about your what what do you have down the road coming future plans or any new businesses that are opening or anything you're getting into? Are you just down in the retirement? Yep. It's really interesting. For the last ever since I got retired, I've been really, really busy. I've been coaching all kinds of youth teams, middle school teams, and high okay. school teams. Now with my boys, they're both gone. They're both graduated. We went to a couple state yep. championships and got me in the finals and those kind of things. But I've been really, really Good. busy. But now I'm at a point now where I got to figure out what's next. For the first time in 53 you, years, I got to find out. You and your wife are empty nesters, now, and, right? Uh, oh, yes, boy. we are. Okay, We're empty nesters. So she paints okay. on the side. She has a little painting business where she paints furniture and those kind of things. But but for me, I, I do have a couple of charities that I'm involved with. One is the Evelyn Foundation Great. up in Asheville, North Carolina. I do a big golf tournament for them. I've done it for over 20 years. And then another one's called Beyond All Borders up in Asheville, North Carolina too. So a lot of my TikTok stuff, the, the Big Bad Brad stuff, the gear and the hat and all that kind of stuff, and the, whatever all that stuff is, it goes, all that money goes to that charity. But, but, and then I work with a lot of kids, quarterbacks, one-on-one. I don't charge money, but I, I do uh, invest Very, time, Very my nice. time. And hopefully they get theirs. But I, I do it all with kids one-on-one. I'll never do it with two kids at a time. I feel like they're attack dogs. Yeah. And I want their, each kid I work with to be, to get True. my time. And that's kind of that kind of keeps that's me awesome. Busy. Um, does that uh, does that keep you out of the house and active and sort of like where you're where your wife right. for me? I mean, we're almost empty nesters. But if if I'm lagging around the house on Saturday, Peggy will be like, get the hell out of here and go play golf or I'm going to kill you. Right. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't kind of quite got to that point yet. But yeah, I, I golf and. I play pickleball yeah. and do these TikToks and work with different quarterbacks. And so I stay active. I can't tell you, you know, the exact day what the exact schedule is going to be like, but, but I definitely stay, uh, stay busy in some way, whatever happens. By yeah. The end of the awesome. Day. All right. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot one last time. Give me uh give me the final prediction for Sunday's game. Bengals Rams. Who you got? 
I, I expect a great, great game. I got to give the heads up probably in a close, close game to yeah, the Rams just because they're playing at home and their defensive line. I think they're going to give uh, Joe Burrow a tough day. So I, I, I kind of get the lean to the Rams from just from that those two you aspects. You just stole my thunder, and I agree with you 100% that last year Brady won at home, and yeah, it was a revenge game against Kansas City, but now the Rams are at home. They're playing the Bengals. They haven't played each other all year, and I just got to think that home advantage, sleeping in your own bed, being around your own family, yeah, it's a chaos. You know, the Super Bowl is a zoo, right? And every, everybody comes right. into town for that. But I just got to give that advantage to the Rams. They're in their home field and just, I, I don't know. For me, I think that's a big deal. So, yeah. well, bro, I appreciate it. I can't thank you enough for coming on here and being part of Doc's Den today. Um, I'm truly grateful. I want to let you know that I'm going to be making a donation to the golf tournament up in North Carolina. Um uh, because I appreciate you coming on and spending time today. It means a lot to me. And um, I'm hopefully we can talk again soon, Brad. Yeah, man. I appreciate reaching out, Chris. Thank you, man. And good luck to your best. Good luck to your boy. Yours as well. You're, yours as well. I'll be watching. Yep. All right. Sounds great, man. Care, I appreciate brother. it, brother. Bye-bye. Thanks, see.